Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. When is a role model not a role model? Just one day after we discussed how the CPS managed to bungle the Ben Stokes case in Bristol, we've got yet another pampered sports star hitting the headlines for bad behaviour off the pitch. This time, it's rugby's bad boy, Danny Cipriani, boyfriend to models, actresses and pop stars, frequenter of nightclubs and police stations. This time, he's been arrested after an alleged brawl outside a club in Jersey. His lawyers say he will deny all the charges for which he was held last night, but it is a case of here we go again. Again, why can't these very successful and wealthy young men ever understand that they are role models, whether they like it or not? And it's time they started behaving like it. Whether or not uh, Mr Cipriani has done anything wrong here, he has found himself in the spotlight and once again for not the right reason. 0344 499 1000. Dawn Neeson is here and we'll be celebrating Madonna at 60. Has she ever been sexy? And is it now time for her to put it away? Plus, Celebrity Big Brother gets underway tonight and Dawn will give us the inside dope on what really goes on inside the house. Plus, of course, we'll get stuck into the Royal Bank of Scotland who were just voted the worst bank in the country and fined £4 billion in the USA for their part in the financial crisis of 2008. They're now threatening to move billions out of the country in the event of a hard break. Well, hang on, guys. It's our money, actually. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, and Don Neeson on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Now, I'm going to talk to a good friend of mine, uh, a colleague on Talk Sport from time to time, Jason Cundy, former uh, star footballer of the Chelsea and Tottenham teams. Indeed. Now, this is a man who I've had many rows with about this before. He claims always, whenever I speak to him, I hope he hasn't changed his mind, that sports, um, sports in personality should never be role models. Here we are again, uh, just a couple of days after Ben Stokes yep. gets cleared mm-hmm. and found not guilty of a fray. Rugby star Danny Cipriani's been held in Jersey after, quotes, an assault on a police officer and a whole bunch of other uh, supposed uh, uh, crimes that he may or may not have committed. Yep. Jason, a very good morning to you. Welcome. Morning, Jason. Good morning, Jason. Now, good morning, listen, I don't know if this is your first time on talk radio, but uh, but don't be nervous, <laughs> whatever happens. <laughs> now, listen, I, I know that you're going to tell me um, that you don't think it's fair that some of these young men are held up to a higher standard than everybody else. But tell us why mm. you think that. I think this because footballers, sportsmen in general, are young men that are doing a job that is paid more often than not handsomely. And people judge people uh, when they see them on TV, in magazines, very differently to the actual individual that they know. And I think it's very dangerous for us, our younger generation, to have a what I call an OK magazine culture where young girls 
actually have WAGs as role models. I think, I think it's lazy parenting. I think parents sometimes allow their children to be influenced by celebrities, people on TV, sportsmen and women, and therefore, in some ways, um, as a parent, kind of uh, removing themselves from their responsibilities. And it's easy to blame sportsmen. Oh, look, look what Ben Stokes has done. He's a role model. No, he's not. You're the role model as a parent. Take more responsibility for your children and their actions. I'll That's cut, how I think. Jason, come on. I mean, I, I went to football as a little girl. My dad took me along and I watched those players and we didn't know what they were going on in the background. But they, they, were, they were my idols. I mean, Bobby Moore. Still love Bobby Moore to bits. Um, so I think, you know, young kids, when they're going to see, whether it's rugby or cricket or football, they look at these players, they see how these players behave and they are influenced. No matter how good a parent you have, you are still influenced by how these players behave. And normally it's footballers are getting in the stick, but this time it's rugby and cricket as well, obviously. But I mean, yeah, I think they are models, and I do think they have responsibilities to younger kids watching them from the stands. Yes, but see, we're talking about two totally different things here now, right? You're talking about their off-field antics and behaviour. Yeah. Or we're talking about what they're doing there. You mentioned the word idol. Now, I agree with you. We can have idols. But role models, my, my, the way I see role models is, is someone you're looking up to in the way that you behave, you act, and the way you treat people. And I think the footballers will go out, and sportsmen, we've seen it in the past with, with, um, with the Australian cricket team, they will do what it takes to win a match because they're paid to win. And I think you you get a very different person when you're when you're paid to win. You will bend the rules. You will, in some people's eyes, cheat. Now I don't think that's a particularly good role model for for young kids to look up to. When you look at people like Bobby Moore, Bobby Moore held you know he is. There aren't that many professional footballers you can look back and say who is who is the bastion, who is the one you look up to. Well, Bobby Moore is probably one of maybe a handful of footballers. Obviously, yeah. yeah, yes, because of what what, what he achieved. But you know what? No one really knew what Bobby Wall was like behind the scenes. We, we, we can assume, and from what I know, he was a, he was a gentleman. But I, you can't just have footballers per se as role models because they will let you down. Footballers will in, will dive. They, you know, we've Listen, seen I, agree, I agree with you, Jason, and you're absolutely right to say that footballers will let you down. Cricketers, rugby players, everybody will let you down. Sometimes even your own parents will let you down. And it is up to your parents to sort of tell you what is right and what is wrong. However, you can't deny the fact that if you are watching somebody who is in the public eye, you know, you will be influenced by that. It doesn't have to be a footballer. It could be somebody on Celebrity Big Brother. It could be somebody on Love Island. Exactly. You know, if you're in the public eye, as many of these very top sports people yep. are, you know, whatever they do is going to be influence other people. Now, rightly or wrongly, what I'm saying is it's surely these sportsmen and women and, and uh, stars of the, the celebrity world should learn to behave better. Well, they're just, they're just, why? why? Because, because of some other people's children look up to them? No. They let, they, these young people, these young, and they are young men, but they make mistakes, okay? Now, if you're prepared for your, your children to look up to these role models, you have to be prepared for mistakes to happen and then don't be pointing the finger and accusing these people of letting your children or a society down because of the way they act. Because they, they are, these are young boys, young women who make mistakes. Hold on a minute. Make, it's it's normal. Sorry, Jason. Sorry, we are talking on, mainly young men here. I don't can't recall any young female sports stars lamping someone at a nightclub. Maybe there's just no, no photographers we, we, there. I just mentioned there. <laughs> I mean, look, Jade, Jade Goody, in, in, from what you two are saying, is a role model. Are you accepting that? Yes, I think she was. I think she was point. a role yes. model, actually, well, then, yeah. Okay, fine. Well, then you can. Then there's people out there that, that only knew 
her, by the way, she acted on Big Brother and saw out her life in OK Magazine. You didn't know her. And, you know, that was a, that was a life that wasn't, a, that's not the sort of life that you, you were surely aspire to, to going on to. And you mentioned there, NG, about Love Island and, and, and these other uh, TV programs. Yeah, but millions of people, people are watching this stuff, right? Yeah. And so I, what I'm saying to you, Jason, is that when you get paid as much money as these people get paid, I mean, even you and I know uh, in the smaller way that we pre- represent uh, a broadcasting organisation, there are certain things you can do and certain things you can't do. You know, for these people to be paid a massive amount of money, like uh, Ben Stokes, like Danny Cipriani, I think they have a responsibility to stay out of trouble. Well, everyone has a responsibility to stay out of trouble. I mean, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be well paid or even someone in the public eye for to be to stay out of trouble. I, I think and if you are representing your country in particular, I think it is part of your job to put on a responsible behaviour and make sure you don't get in trouble. If you if you want to agree with that, if you want to go on, if you want to go and sort of like you know go on the lash, do it at home with your mates. There's no need to be staggering. All right, let me ask you clubs. a question, Jason. You've got you've got teenage sons, or and maybe they're a little bit older than that now. What if, yes, yes. What if one of them comes up to you and goes, "I was just watching that Ben Stokes for Punch Up, right? Uh, apparently, it's all right to go and lamp somebody in the street, break their eye socket, and you could get away with it." What do you reckon, Dad? Well, what are you going to say? I would, I, me as a, as a responsible father, MG, yeah. I would take on the responsibility. I wouldn't want to blame anyone else other than myself. Now, my, I'm very lucky. I've got, I've got two, a 24 and 18-year-old, and a very young three-year-old, but my boys are well behaved. Never yeah. been in trouble with the police. Now, I, I, me as a dad, I have to take responsibility for their actions. And if they're out fighting, and they're out brawling, and they're out drinking, and they're out misbehaving, I ain't going to blame Ben Stokes. I ain't going to blame Dennis, Dennis Cipriani. I ain't going to blame Wayne Rooney. I'm blaming me. So but, that's who I'm blaming. But why would you blame yourself? I mean, that would be down to them, because, surely. Why yeah, would you blame no, yourself? Because, because as a father, you have to take some responsibility to it at a certain age. You know, if I... I remember, you know, obviously growing up, my, my, my dad taught me the way that you should treat people and the way you should act. And I'd like to think I haven't let him down. Now I wouldn't. I wouldn't be blaming anyone else if it was. If that's my responsibility. I wouldn't be looking to blame the you know the the, the, the footballers that were going around or that Frank McAvennies who were in trouble at that time. I wouldn't be doing that. I've I've got more responsibility and more respect for myself than to be blaming other people. And it's lazy parenting. I get people phoning up, talk sport, phoning up saying my young kid's diving because he's seen some footballer do it. No, you as a dad, you tell him it's wrong and you punish him. Yeah, but but you know as well as I do, Jason, kids are not necessarily going to listen to their dad and their boring old mum. They're going to watch cheating footballers, winning World Cups, winning, you know, (laughs) Champions Leagues, winning the league, and they're going to go, well, I'm going to go with them. Exactly. Yeah, but that's but that's all. That, you know, on the, on the field of play, when you're paid to win a football match, you will do what it takes. Yeah, but Jay, Jason, you are see, paid see, so Jason, much. Jason and I have often talked about this. He, I, he knows that I know that his moral compass is pointing slightly in the wrong direction. <laughs> right. This is a guy who doesn't think there's anything wrong with holding your hand up uh, and claiming for a free kick when you know that it's not actually a free kick. But, yeah, Absolutely. But I do maintain that if you are paid to represent your country or your club, it is part of your job to monitor your own behaviour off the pitch as well as on it. Exactly. Because they sell image rights, they sell merchandise, they do magazine and TV stuff with OK and the sun and things like that. So they are representing themselves off the pitch all the time. So they should take care of their own behaviour. I, I, I won't disagree with that. But, uh, you know, they're, 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 I think we... I find... I, I get frustrated with parents blaming sportsmen for their own children's behaviour or, or, or lack of. 
and I and I find it I find it lazy parenting. I think that if if parents took a bit more responsibility for their own children, as opposed to blaming or certainly looking to to excuse their other their children's behaviour because of celebrities have happened to step out of line. Celebrities are always going to step out of line. They always have done. They always will do. Yes, but their and influence I now I think is is much bigger than it ever was yeah. because, as Dawn says, you know we are we are thrust. We have. I mean, look at look at what happens during the World Cup. You know, you don't just have adverts for crisps. You have advert for crisps. Uh, by you know, manufactured by uh, you know some bloke from the world of football. I mean, Gary Lineker yeah. claims, for example, in his Twitter account, which I can't see anymore because he's blocked. Because he's blocked right? you. I'm uh, not blocked He claims yet. that he claims. Well, you know, so what if a journalist punches somebody? You're all journalists dragged into disrepute. No, journalists are not the same. Journalists are not role models because journalists are not in the public eye no. in the same way that footballers mm. are. And I mean, mm. you know, they're advertising. You know, well, the whole Liverpool team is advertising. You know, shaving products for me. You know, so you know, what, what am I supposed to do if I see one of their players misbehaving? That's not right. Surely, it's, it's, we don't want to see celebrities misbehave. Sportsmen, you know, who who have a responsibility, as I said, to the club, their country, and themselves to make sure that they look after their body and they can perform to the very highest level. Yes, but they will let you down. Prepare yourself to let you down. And if they do, I don't want people crowing about how they led their role models and they shouldn't be letting people down because they will, unfortunately. But there are some players who manage to... What about Harry like Kane? Harry I mean, Kane, Harry I was Kane just to mention Harry Kane. Is, is a saint, basically, yeah. for all intents yeah. and purposes, although it's a shame he can't get to his new stadium, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yeah, I mean, look, Harry Kane, Harry Kane on the field, in some people's eyes, has dived. Now, if, if you know... That's what he's doing as a job. He is doing to win for his club and his country. He goes in the box. Harry Kane will look to go down there. Now, that's, I, I don't have a problem with that because that's what he's paid to do. It would appear that Harry Kane is uh, the, you know, just a professional on the field but also off the field. But, um, I mean, I don't mind young kids having idols looking up to their sporting icons. But to, to have them as role models and then when they perhaps have a brawl or maybe drink too much, get caught drink driving or texting on the phone or maybe doing a misbe- misbe- some misdemeanor with a, with, a, with a female where they shouldn't be, that's where I think that the boundaries are overstepped that you should really consider how our young children look up to people and, and how we allow them to be viewed. That's and what thought. about, finally, Jason, we'll let you go after this, what about the responsibility of the organisation to which these guys uh, are attached? For example, the football club or the England cricket board or the rugby club that, that Danny Cipriani plays for. I mean, yeah. are they doing And Maybe they're not doing enough. No, I think I agree with that. I think they need to take some more responsibility as well to allow, once, you know, young English cricketers going out celebrating... <laughs> You, you ha- if, they're, if they're representing the, the country and you, and you on the ECB are looking after those players, they're in hotels and they are working for England, they have got to take some responsibility for the, for the players' actions as well. Ultimately, it stops with the player. But we've just seen Danny exactly. Cipriani over away as well. Gloucester have got... To, uh, it's Gloucester, isn't it? I believe he's... Uh, yeah. he's yes. They have got to take some responsibility, allowing them out in pre-season training to a nightclub to allow their players to get into that scenario they have got to take some responsibility. Yeah, I absolutely yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that. Totally agree. Jason, brilliant stuff. Thank, Thank you very you, much Jason. indeed. Have a good time. We'll see you soon on TalkSport. Jason Cundy there, TalkSport presenter, former Chelsea player as well. He doesn't think that you should ever look up uh, to role model footballers. However, uh, or cricketers or rugby players, it's unavoidable, I'm afraid. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. 
Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science. With beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. one of those songs you have to turn up when it comes on, isn't it? This is, of course, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We've got loads to do this morning. We're talking about sports stars as role models, as yet another name hits the headlines this morning uh, after supposedly misbehaving outside a nightclub. Let's talk to Andy, uh, who wants to give us his view in Bristol. Hello, Andy. Hi, Andy. And good morning. Good morning. Yeah. What would you like to say, Andy? Uh, there's another point I'll bring in in a moment. But yeah. These are professional sportsmen. Yes. And how sad, especially with cricket, remember the old term, it's not cricket. Yes. To be dragged, a professional sports person, to be dragged into this, mm. I feel sorry for his wife. She must be thinking, what is he doing at three o'clock in the morning at a nightclub in Bristol? That's yeah, well, indeed. Yeah. I mean, that is Let a very good point. professional Yes. The same with the rugby player. Um, in in uh, in in, um, in in custody at the moment in Jersey. Yeah. Uh, the, the Majesty's pleasure with the police. Well, yeah. I mean, that's and, the standard thing. Uh, and again, thing. A, a professional. The clubs should come down on these people. But here's the thing: Gloucester and Rugby the, Club, right? Well, so I'll, I'll, just, I'll be very brief. And and the sponsors for England. Actually, that's should, a very fair point. The sponsorship as and well. should come into this. Yeah. And I heard another good news story about a sportsman today. Can I quickly say? Please do. Lou Macari. Yes. I think it's Lou Macari. He's helping with a drugs uh, centre in, in, Sto- mm. in uh, Stoke-on-Trent. OK. And I thought, what a wonderful story that was, because I remember that gentleman from... I think he played for Manchester United. Do you know, funnily enough, I was talking to Lou Macari not that long ago. I think it was... Oh, well, you must highlight your listeners to to what he's doing. Yeah, no, no he's, he's a fine man. And there's an awful lot of good work that an awful lot of sports people do. But yeah. you're quite right to point out the nightclub scenario. I mean, regardless of whether Cipriani is going to find himself in deep water or not, his lawyers say he's going to deny absolutely everything, it's the Gloucester Rugby Club who took all of their players to the nightclub. Yeah. There's pictures of them posing... With 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 various fans throughout the course of the night before the incident happened, you know what are they doing? They're supposed yeah, to be they're athletes. Not all, they're, they're not all in custody with the police, no. are they? Well, no. no, they're not. But the point is, is that if you want to avoid that kind of situation happening, Andy, you don't go to the sort of place where it might happen. Surely, I mean, if you want to avoid being run over by a car on a motorway, you don't stand in the central lane waiting for the car to hit you. You're quite right. You it know what I mean? How sad they're dragging all these professional. Do you imagine a professional American sports? Uh, man yeah. or woman 
uh, getting drunk in the nightclub. Well, I mean, do you know what? Actually, that's not a great example, Andy, because there's a lot of NFL players who have been caught but, doing yeah, a lot true. worse. I've got loads of tweets still on the subject of, uh, of Mr Cipriani. Uh, Cipriani only came back from Australia because his teammates voted him out, uh, says Stuart. Uh, they refused to play with him. His defensive statistics were also the worst in the Super Rugby competition every single season. Well, the problem is, is the trouble is if you are somebody who likes to uh, get themselves occasionally into trouble off the pitch, unless you are brilliant on the pitch, your career will not last terribly long. Hugh uh, wants to talk to us from Rygate, though, about the A-level situation. Hugh, very good uh, morning to you. Hi, Hugh. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Yeah, yeah, it, is it an exciting day in your household, Hugh? Well, not particularly, because we already knew the result. My son took one of these newfangled B-techs um, and got a double A-level in sport. Oh, right, OK. Which, which was very nice. But, I mean, the reason I rang was because we were talking about whether A-levels were necessary for a career or not. Yeah. Um, my boy has uh, just started a full-time job. He, was, he had a part-time job in a, in a call centre, um, you know, whilst he was taking his A-levels. And they were so impressed with him, they'd taken him on. He's earning £15,000 a year. Not bad. Well, that's a pretty good start. Yeah. I mean, I mean and as I was saying to your researcher, if you do the maths on that, I mean, you know, someone going to university with, a, you know, tuition fees of 9000 plus living expenses, yeah. after three years, he's going to come out £100,000 ahead of his friends. Yes. Um, he's also doing what, what is effectively an apprenticeship. They're, they're showing him every aspect of the business and treating him very well so far. Right. Um, and what's the kind of career ladder looking like as far as where he could go? Well, you know, he's followed me into sales and marketing. Um, so <laughs> it's not done me badly over the last 40 years. Mm. Um, you know, he's got a potential of earning a lot of money as a reasonably young man. Right. Um, but, you know, he's getting a good grounding um, in that sort of thing. Uh, you, know, it, you know, I said to him, you know, two years of um, doing a bit of everything in a reasonably small company, so, he, you know, he's going to get a good hands-on feel, is a much better education than going to university yeah. when he didn't really know what he wanted to study, you know, he wasn't really that academic, mm. and, you know, I, I think he's done the right thing. What, I, mean, I, what I find staggering, Hugh, is, is, and I get this impression, I could be wrong, is that when I went to university and I didn't graduate, I did two years and I got out because I just thought it was not really for me, uh, and they also, I was editing the newspaper there, and I knew I wanted to be a journalist. So I thought, well, there's no point in me hanging around Just here. Just come work as a journalist. But the bottom, the bottom line is, is, I used to work. You know, every holidays, I would, I had a job, yep. um, and I would earn money. And of course, it was easier because we weren't paying tuition fees and all that. But you know, um, I worked every single week that I wasn't at university. I, I don't get the impression that if you uh, work every uh, every holiday, that you'll be in as much debt at the end of the three years, will you? Well, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. Um, but you know, kids these days think they, you know, that going travelling is part of the rite of passage, mm. uh, and that's what they tend to want to do. But I, you know, a lot of my son's friends are, are hard-working kids, and they will certainly do that. Um, yeah, like but, work in a bar or something like that. Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but a lot of them do still, don't they? Yeah, of course they do. But you know, they're, they're still going to come out of it with. You know, and I, you know, I know the student debt, the loan system. You don't pay it all back. Very few people pay it all back. Yeah. So they're still technically going to come out of it. You know, between thirty thousand in tuition fees down, plus living expenses, some of which they'll they'll offset by working. But yeah. you know, uh, I, I'm not sure unless they they know exactly what they want to do and are taking a degree that's pertinent to to what that is, that it's going to do them much good. No. You, know, you know, I've employed people as you guys probably have as well. Yeah, and I, and I never took that much notice of qualifications. I mean, as long as it doesn't affect your ability to apply for jobs. I mean, I know from when I was starting out trying to get uh, interviews with the BBC. I could never get one on the basis that I didn't have a degree, mm. which I thought was absolutely ludicrous. You know, I've now I've worked for the BBC now since, you know, and I mean, not, not very often, thankfully, because I'm not sure I'd last very long there. But, you know, the point is that in the end, um, if you have to have a degree in order just to get an interview somewhere, then fine, go, and, go ahead and get one. But if, but if, if you don't, then don't bother. But, you, but I think you need to have that degree as pertinent, because you know, whenever I was recruiting people, 
Um, if they had a degree in a totally unrelated subject, I ignored it yeah. because you know, you, you know, I, I had one of my best friends from from school days got a degree from Cambridge in meta- metallurgy. Mm. He ended up working for PricewaterhouseCoopers. Right, exactly. You know, I, where, where is the sense in that? You know, he knew nothing about business. Right. <laughs> when I was editing a newspaper, Hugh, I would rather employ a lad like yours who's actually got hands-on experience, done an apprenticeship, than somebody with a degree in media studies, whatever the hell that actually even is. Yeah, well, because, I don't know what it is either. Well, I mean, most of the time they couldn't even. Speak Bell, they couldn't do grammar, and they kept addressing me as Mr. Neeson rather than <laughs> rather doing some fact researching and realising that I am actually female. Yes. Could you just uh, give up talking and listen to Madonna for the rest of the show? <laughs> I could. I'd happily do that. Another hour and ten minutes of Madonna. You're never going to give up. Do you talking, know how? Right? You know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get home after the show. I'm going to put a load of Madonna music on. It does what you dance want. Dance around the living room. I haven't listened to Madonna for ages, but when you do listen to it, you think actually, yeah, yeah. that's really good. Well, I have these kind of playlists where it pops up from time to time when I'm running the car at random, which is always good. Let's talk now though to somebody who I imagine plays an awful lot of Madonna, Neil Simons, uh, who is of course a super fan. He's seen Madonna about 150 times. He's hosted uh, loads of UK fan party events for over 15 years. Neil, uh, a very good morning to you. Welcome. Hiya. Good morning. How are you doing? Yeah, very well indeed. You can't help being happy when you listen to Madonna music, I think. I mean, even the kind of the, the, the ballads, you know, it's just great fun, isn't it? It is. And I think for, for fans like me that have been there since my I was a fan, 1985, Live Aid was when my first memory. And right. I think the, mem- the memories that, that us big fans have made over the years, it's not just memories of the music, but it's memories of growing up with your friends who are also fans and travelling the world with your friends and having experiences that you wouldn't otherwise have had unless you were crazy fans of, of, this, of, this, of this pop queen, I guess. And you've seen her 150 times. Where's the most sort of exotic place you've seen Madonna? Oh, I've seen Madonna everywhere. That's, that's a very good question. All over Europe, all over the States, Canada. I mean, it, it, it's not so much the countries, but some of the venues that we've played. You've been right. to amazing places like the O2 and Wembley, to yes. some, some interesting places like gravel pits and, in, in Prague <laughs> and in the south of Spain, random car parks. Right. The small ones are the good ones, though. When she, when she played HMV on Oxford Circus, there were just 500 of right. us there. Um Shortly after the Paris attacks, when she was on tour on her last tour, she went and performed um, on the streets of Paris for 25 of us, which was really, really magical wow. and, wow, and a real special moment. Yeah. And she's, I mean, I've never seen her live, but I remember when, I think it was around about the mid-90s, when um, she was one of the first sort of rock and roll stars to play at Earl's Court and charge £80. I remember at the time everyone sort of taking a deep breath, going, oh my God, £80 for a show. Um, I'd but love of course, it just to be £80. Yeah, I know, no, I know. No, well, I mean, this is, this is what I'm saying. But now, I mean, but she sold it out about five nights in a row or something like that. And everybody yeah. sort of saw that, that. But she's always been a kind of a market leader in all sorts of ways, isn't she? She she has. And I think you know, her live show set the standard back in the 90s, as you say. And she's kept, she's kept on pushing that envelope forward. And just when everyone starts catching up with her, she comes up with something else to do, whether that be the music that she pushes forward with, something that she'll introduce in her live shows. Um, she's always been at the forefront of everything, and I think that's what's kept her fresh, not just for, for the general public, but for us as fans as well. When you do 30 or 40 shows every tour like I do, um, it takes something to, to keep you interested and engaged every night. She always manages to do that. It never gets boring. And she's inspired a, a whole generation, several generations of young female stars as well, from the Spice Girls to like Rita Ora today. You watch them and you can see a little bit of Madonna in almost every female mm. performer now. 
See, that, I think what's been really good the last few days on social media has been seeing the likes of Rita Ora and Adele and um, all the other up-and-coming female artists mm. paying tribute to Madonna's birthday going, wow, Queen. And I think that's yeah, that's really good as well. You don't need the, the kind of competition. It's everyone's in it together. Yeah. And I think that, that's, what, that's what Madonna does. You know, I think everyone, kind of, especially the female artists out there, look up to her, but they're all kind of like, yep, yeah, that's, that's our, we call her our glorious leader. But it's kind of, I, I imagine that's how a lot of the female artists feel glorious as well. Leader. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll tell you what, I mean, I, I, I was in America working as a journalist in the in the 80s and, you know, she was everything to uh, the tabloids, basically. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to, to Dawn earlier about that incredible scene of the wedding in Malibu where all these helicopters were up and people were just yeah. taking long lens pictures. And I actually, at one point, was dispatched uh, by the News of the World because she'd done a thing for People magazine in which she talked about her upbringing and her, and her life in high school and everything. She named the guy who was her first ever boyfriend... Um, in school in Michigan, and I went off to find him. And having spent about three hours hunting through the sort of the undergrowth of, of this rural part of Michigan, I found his house. Turned out he was a UPS driver, and oh, he wow. hadn't and he hadn't told his wife that, that he, he was going out with Madonna that, when they were he, younger, without wow. wishing to put too fine a point on it. Was her, was that was her first boyfriend ever in school, Aww. and uh, <laughs> she was absolutely gobsmacked. He came home, and I was I'd been sitting talking to his wife for about an hour. And she's like, how come you never told me this? It was the greatest <laughs> thing she'd ever heard. It was so funny. I mean, she, she loved the fact that, you know, she was now married to a guy who slept with Madonna. <laughs> never be stuck with something to talk about at a party there, would you? No, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, that was the kind of thing that was news, you know. Absolutely. Well, she always makes headlines, doesn't she? It doesn't matter what Madonna does, she always makes headlines. And, obviously, for her 60th birthday, she has posed in some interesting outfits, not wearing many clothes. Of course. Um, are you a big fan of when she does that sort of thing? I, I love that she doesn't care. And yeah. I think in a, in a world of social media where everyone is a critic and everyone rushes yeah. to the internet to tell everyone what they don't like, I think she is a glorious breath of, uh, breath of fresh air that uh-huh. she turns up and does what she wants to do yeah. and doesn't care about the likes and doesn't care about what anyone else says. Um, defies the fact that you know, I, all of a sudden... I, rem- I remember when she was um, coming out, when she was promoting the Erotica album in 1992... And there was an interview that she did at the time then where she, where she was in her 30s. And she said, am I supposed to just die when I get to 40? Oh, and, <laughs> and, 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 I've, and, I, and that has kind of echoed for the last yeah. 20 years. Mm. Age, is, age is just a number and, and she does what she wants to do. And if it winds some people up along the way, then I'm, I'm sure she probably just grins a little bit with that twinkle in her eye that she has and goes, mm. yeah, gotcha. Well, that's good because she's always done controversial, hasn't she? I mean, that um, yeah. we were talking earlier about the book as well, Sex, that she yeah. did. Um, and that was a, a real But I think there is a point wow. at which, I think there is a point at which you don't need to do that anymore. I mean, I don't think she now needs to be controversial. Do you, Neil? I, I don't think she needs to be controversial. I just think she's very playful and she likes pushing people's buttons. And I think when you've, when you've had a lifetime of getting a reaction from people for doing things, whether it be saying something you shouldn't say on the TV, wearing something that people probably think you shouldn't wear, I think that can get quite addictive. Mm. And I think you know, we, we all like a bit of attention, surely. Mm. And I think you know, she Not knows that if she does something. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Have you got, have you got a favourite sort of Madonna period? Because she has got very many different looks. I quite like the sort of... I quite like the beginning sort of borderline uh, type stuff. Mm. See, see I, I'm a t- I came on board at 85, which was towards the end of the Bangles and Crucifixes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, for me, the whole Ray of Light era, when everyone had written her off after the whole erotica period, and she came back with her best album, 
um, smash the critics away. And that, that for me, was kind of the, the, my generation, was we were all leaving school, starting to go nightclubbing. She was starting to tour again in that era too. And that, for me, was when we started forming these friendships with people that 20 years on, I'm, you know, they're still all my best friends. So for me, that whole era of Ray of Light, the music, the, the era, the concert tours, being at that, 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 that age, 16, 17, 18, that, that for me is kind of quintessential Madonna there as yeah. well. But there's great memories with every era, right? There's the cowboy hat. Oh, for sure. Yep. The, you know, there's the uh, the last couple of tours that she's done where she's taken us around the world. It, it's hard to pin. And the videos as well. Vogue is one of the great videos for yeah. me. I mean, I really like that. But I've got a question for you from somebody on Twitter, Rob on Twitter. says, how much do you spend on tickets in a tour? I mean, I wouldn't want to ask you how much you've spent in your life, but I mean, it's probably quite a lot. It is, it is. Um, I have a lot of money that goes into a separate Madonna bank account every single month um, for flights, hotels, tickets, um, merchandise, goodness knows what else to make sure that I don't get into silly amounts of debt. But no, it's a very strategic... And, and do you plan. have another half when you're travelling around or do, you know, is do, your partner I, I do, sort of I do. with you on uh, this one? Um, my other half, um, we got married at Pinewood um, uh, last month, actually. Oh, congratulations. She filmed Evita there, which was quite special for us. Um, yeah, he, he normally picks 10 or 12 countries that he's not been to before that he fancies going to and says, I'll meet you at Barcelona Airport. Wow, so <laughs> yeah. he likes Madonna as much as you do, which is handy, he, obviously. Yeah, we, if it wasn't for her, we'd never have met. I think, um, yeah, I think you'd have to guarantee that, really. Story. Otherwise, it wouldn't work. <laughs> Neil, listen, thank you very much indeed. Thank Neil you. Simon's there. Uh, he's seen her over 150 times around the world, hosted UK fan party events. I think it's great uh, to celebrate something nice for a change. Yeah, absolutely. Madonna at 60. Who'd have thought it? Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.